Welcome to Major League Absurdity, a podcast focused on the lighter side of sports. My name is Craig Lineberry, and with me as always is Justin Miller. Two in a row, guys. It's a streak. Yep, two in a row. Uh, Justin, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, usual business, just a lot of work, hanging out, getting prepped. Uh, this weekend's a big weekend here in Austin, Texas, for me personally at least. My Baylor Bears are coming in town, playing the Texas Longhorns. Shockingly, my first time ever to Daryl K. Royal Stadium here in Austin. Oh, really? Yeah, I never, somehow whenever I was in college, I never made it down for an away game. So I've got several friends coming in town. And then it's also, for those of you that are music fans, it's Austin City Limits here in Austin this weekend as well. So going to that on Sunday, it's going to be pretty absurd weekend. So good, good. I'm pretty excited about it. Good luck on Monday. Oh, God. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> I mean, because we're staying at ACL. ACL lasts until like midnight or something. Pearl Jam is the final band playing on oh, Sunday nice. night. Yeah, nice. so it should be pretty great. But Nice, man. Yeah, I, I bought the Bear Essentials today. You know, I bought uh, a lot of whiskey, a lot of vodka, and a lot of Pedialyte. So <laughs> good to go for the weekend. Ready to go. Yeah. I wish I, I had enough to share with, you know, to say I had... I'm going to have the exact same kind of excitement this weekend, but uh, I'm not. Nothing? <laughs> nothing. I got nothing for you, man. Well, Just... you know, turn on the game, 3.30 Eastern, ABC. Maybe you might see me and my friends getting in a fight in the stand somewhere. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> how, far away, how far away are you from the stadium? I can walk there in about 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. So pretty solid. And... 6th Street is basically halfway between my apartment and the stadium. So, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. I think it's 6th Street's like a big... Oh, yeah. It's, it? it's the main bar district in Austin. So oh, okay. It's usually very, very hectic. We call it Dirty 6th. So, that's <laughs> that sums it up in a nutshell, too. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Well, you know, it sounds like there's going to be a lot going on for you this weekend, but... Uh, you know, let's get to it. It's talking yeah. about busy weekend, we got we got playoff baseball, man. We do. Uh, right now, actually, as we're recording, the Royals-A's game is going on. It's pretty great so far. I have to say, I mean, as much as it pains me to watch the baseball playoffs when the Rangers aren't involved, I like this Royals team. You know, I mean, yeah. like, I it, it's to me, it's easy to get behind a team, small market, that's, I don't know, they just play old-school-style baseball. I actually... While I was watching the game earlier, they gave out the statistic that the Royals have the least home runs in baseball this year. They only hit 95 home runs. They were the only team not hit 100. Wow, so, really? I mean, that's impressive to be a playoff team. And I'm, presumably they also, I would assume they're not in the top eight in runs, you know. I mean, that's one would think that they were probably winning a lot of close games. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think it's good for Kansas City as a whole. They've, they're finally getting some good sports going their way, you know, after the Chiefs and the Royals been awful for so many years. Yeah. So it's nice yeah, to see a different city do well for a, for a change. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to the Chiefs later, but they, the, <laughs> Kansas City's got a lot to be happy about these past couple of days. Oh, and absolutely. I think, I think the Royals pitching staff is pretty decent. I think, you yeah. know, they, they get overlooked. They got some they got some young guys mixed in with some some good vets that they made some, you know, savvy, you know, pickups and trades for. And, I, you know, I We'll see what happens tonight. You know, these one-game playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, and but, I mean, you're uh, definitely an advantage to be at home. I mean, that's – and especially, I'm sure, this atmosphere for this game has to be insane, you know? I mean, that's 
I mean, it's their first playoff game in 29 years. That's crazy. Yeah. That's going to uh, get people excited. Yeah, it's really – yeah, it's it's great. Uh, and uh, who would they face next? It'll be what, the Tigers? No. Um, I don't think so. It'd probably be the Angels, I believe. The Angels. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Angels are technically the number one seed. Yeah. If, you know, with all that, if, you know, if there is seeding in, in, in baseball. Yeah, I think that's how it works now is that the top team plays whoever comes in through the wild card. Um, but, yeah, that's – it's going to be an interesting one. I – you know, and I'm I'm definitely rooting for the Pirates tomorrow night as well. Hopefully, hopefully they pull it out. Another small market team that I really like to watch. So, hopefully, yeah. you know. Well, around, around here, I was looking into uh, what it be, what it would take to go to a, a Washington Nationals playoff game. Yeah, what's it uh, looking like? Seventy dollars for standing room only. Honestly, that's not that bad, really. I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm on the fence about it. Yeah, I'm like seventy bucks, but then I'm like, I better get a good spot. Yeah, you'd want to get there early. Yeah, and not go to the bathroom ever. ever. <laughs> I mean, like, just stock up on beers early on, and then figure it out. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely gotta go with a buddy. Definitely yeah. go with a buddy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's good. not terrible. I feel like, I mean, you know, obviously, you're a Phillies guy. I mean, if you went to a Phillies game back in those playoff years in the NLDS, doubt yeah. you could get thing anything for seventy. Yeah. They had um, then the cheapest seated ticket I got, which again was tempting. It was there was only one seat. I mean, I, I like like I, said, I like to bring somebody with me, like you right. know, like Catherine or or you know one of one of the other guys down here. Uh, it was a seat by itself for one ten in that like little uh, area in center field, like where, where the red porch is, but okay, down yeah. down the outfield where. The, but and they had a lot of home runs get hit there, so yeah. I was, and it, was, it was row B. I was like, oh, oh man, one ten. I was like, you know what? Maybe if they have that it. same. If they had that same price come, you know, the uh, NLCS. Oh, and, yeah, And then for that's sure. make it, I might I might go in for that one. Definitely the World Series. If I see it, you know, if, again, if it goes that far, definitely I'll get it for the World Series. But oh, for sure. I mean, for, I, I will say, as much as I, I like the Royals, like the Pirates, I think I'm honestly cheering for a Nats-Orioles World Series. Well, yeah, it's, I think I think when you're, you're fans like us that are on, on the outside and, and our teams aren't in, there's certain matchups you want to see. Yeah. And it's like the only way I want to see the Nationals. Not that I hate the Nationals. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll support them being, you know, in the hometown right now. But I definitely want that Beltway series. Or, I definitely, or I definitely want Angels-Dodgers. Like, I want those, like, local well, matchups. This is interesting, though, because then there's actually the third we talked about. Yeah. Theoretically, it could be San Francisco-Oakland yep. for another Bay series. I mean, that's that's crazy that you could have three potential, like, very tight regional matchups, not just, uh, you know, like within 30 minutes of one another, basically. And also, we can talk about this Cardinals Royals could be the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That. Yeah. The odds of that have to be pretty low. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Ins- yeah. That is wild. That's that's crazy. I mean, the, the boring one is going to be Pirates, you know, Pittsburgh, Detroit. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. And I that's the one we're going to get stuck with 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That is going to be the World Series. Everybody's like, oh, really? Like yeah. the worst possible matchup. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Josh, uh, my buddy Josh sent out this really cool um, statistical uh, analysis of the Major League Baseball hate, hate ability index. Okay. So, so looking at the 10 teams that are in the playoffs right now, who is the team um, you should hate the most based on statistical data? So here, I, can, here I, the, can I take a stab at who I think well, it is before you can, release it? 
Well, can I give you the categories before I oh, say Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me give you the categories. So pennants won in the last uh, past 10 years, payroll in, in multiples of $100 million, players with $100 million plus contracts, players suspended for PEDs, opposing batters plunked in multiples of 50, excessive beards. <laughs> Dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I take offense to that personally. Uh, do fans invade other teams' ballparks? Are fans r- routinely labeled, quote, best in baseball? Does team refer to fan base as a, quote, nation? And Sports Illustrated covers in 2014. So my, my, I'm going with my gut on this one. Gut. St. Louis Cardinals. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. Runaway, runaways for, yeah. <laughs> for most hated team. They're the only team to score um, uh, the the our fans routinely labeled best in baseball. Our fans routinely labeled best in baseball. It was out. It either got one yes or zero no. They were the only one who got one yes. So that kind of like that's one. Well, especially when you let, when you said that category because they always say that best yeah. fans in baseball, best fans in baseball. It's like yeah, no one cares, man. You guys live in St. Louis. Like, that's the worst <laughs> city in baseball. So, and Detroit is also up there. So, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if you're living in St. Louis, it's a rough, rough life. Yep. Um, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, Royals are the least hated. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, close, uh, close second and third are athletics and the Nationals, believe it or not. Yeah, I could see uh, that. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, and then I think Angels is probably pretty high. No, it's actually not. Oh, that's interesting. They're like right in the middle. They're like right in the middle. They're like the median right there. I thought they might hit it because of the contracts. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it says there says says no. Huh. Uh, second highest is the Dodgers, and then and then the Giants, Giants. then the Tigers, and then we just talked about all the other ones. So yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Uh, and I'm sure Josh will appreciate the fact that I brought that uh, I brought this up on the podcast. But I, you know, there's nothing I love more than a good statistical analysis of oh, something yeah. that does that doesn't matter at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something that could not be more made up than quote unquote hateability. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I love good people thing. making up statistics. It's great. Yeah, this it's like it's like when we were talking about beer, you know, beer prices at ballparks. Oh back yeah, on the old episodes. They uh, they actually released one of those for football stadiums too. We, we should go over that next week. Yeah, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to touch on that one next week. But uh, but yeah, so we'll see we'll see what happens in these playoffs. And uh, you know, I, I hope it gets kind of bumping around here. You know, I was thinking, um, uh, for you folks listening, I. Uh, got a new job or went back to an old job, whatever you want to say, that is a government job that's on Constitution Avenue. And I was thinking, you know what? If the Nats win and they that's do the parade, parade route, that's got, it's got to be the parade route, right? Yeah, They're not going to go down any be. other street. No, it has it's to be Constitution, Constitution. Avenue. Yeah. And uh, big, we got big windows in our in our building right there. So that's pretty cool. Ca- kind of another reason I want to pull for it. I think it'd be kind of fun to you know be at work and be able to you know have prime seats to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. Yeah. But uh, you know, as as the uh, you know we go in the playoffs, the, the the regular season faded away, and and with it some you know some some big memories from the season. But uh, one thing we want to talk about is uh, is Derek Jeter, and in the sense of Derek Jeter, is the farewell tour. And Justin, you have some pretty strong opinions about the farewell tour and and what it might mean, and and going forward, how do you how do you work that in every year with with 
you know, big players. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've ex- I think I, on one of the earlier episodes, expressed that I, I'm not a fan of the farewell tour. I just, I do not like it. You know, I get that there's these players like Jeter that have come through that, yeah, they're great for baseball, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that, and I'm not going to say that he's not one of the best players. And I do appreciate the fact that he stayed with the Yankees the entire time. You know, like, he's not the usual, what I would consider to be the usual Yankee, which is the player that, Hits it big somewhere at a younger age and then gets big money and moves on to the Yankees, right? Right. Um, but, you know, my initial misgivings about it is that I just don't like the idea that rival teams are supposed to be giving this player that they've been competing against some kind of going away present. You know, mm-hmm. like somebody that uh, I'm sure Jeter is a pretty hated character in the city of Boston. You know what I mean? Like, that just, it doesn't make sense that they have to sit around and honor him for a game. I just don't I don't like that being forced on teams. But beyond that, on from a like an individual team basis, I'm beginning to think that these things are a bit of a distraction. I mean, this is two years in a row that the Yankees have had a player going on a farewell tour. Obviously this year Jeter and last year Mariano Rivera. This is the second year in a row that the Yankees missed the playoffs. And certainly I'm sure they're are other reasons behind that as well. I, I believe they had quite a few injuries. But at what point is it just a distraction? I mean, every city you go to, every player is being asked about this, right? I mean, this is just, this is what the locker room is a buzz about every night is, oh, this is Jeter's last series in Minneapolis. Like, who gives a shit if it's his last series in <laughs> Minneapolis? Like, Jeter probably can't even spell Minneapolis. I mean, it's like, it, it's, a minute point. And I just think it's a distraction to the teams. And honestly, if I were on a team, I don't know that I would want to have a player going through that. If I were a player, I don't think I would want that for myself because I just, I don't know. It hasn't seemed to work out well for teams. Chipper Jones, same thing. I mean, at least whenever, whenever they did his farewell tour, I know that they made it to the one game playoff, but then they lost there and they lost at home too. And I just, I don't know. I think it's a lot of pressure. I think whatever happened to the days where a player finished out a season and then like two weeks later had a press conference and he announced his retirement. That was it. You know, I I feel like that's the way it needs to go back to. I mean, obviously, I think Brett Favre ruined it for everyone by having about seven of those press conferences. (laughs) You know, this is, you know, Justin, this is one of the rare instances that I wholeheartedly disagree with you. I love farewell tours. I love it because I love the pop and circumstance that goes with baseball. You know, this is America's sport. You know, that when uh, the video I like to watch every year around, you know, patriotic times like Memorial Day and, and, and Independence Day is is George Bush coming out on the field of Yankee Stadium right after 9-11 and throwing that strike to, you know, to Jeter. And I, I love that stuff that that goes along with baseball. And, and I think they're in baseball, you really get these characters that appeal to people. And, you know, it's not like in, in, in uh, you know, football or, or hockey or basketball where everybody are these freak athletes and, you know, and, and are super athletic and in shape. You don't get that in baseball. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's some there's some fudgy guys out there. Oh yeah, David you know, Wells, or, man. Yeah, look at David Wells, or even guys like um, who's is it Billy Butler on the on yeah, the he's... Royals? You know, he's he's got a little girth around him. Even even Miggy, you know, Miggy is a little bit pudgy. You know, he's, yeah. I think he's thinned out a little bit. But uh, 
you know, and and you can be charismatic, and they can, and you can see their face in baseball, and they play so many games, and so you start you start to become very well acquainted with these players, and Derek Jeter especially, um, you know, I, I think deserves it. I know you you agree that Jeter's a guy yeah. that deserves it because he the position he played. The, going through the steroid era, era unscathed and coming out at the end the, and then leaving the way he did, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, you know, goes down history. My problem, well, I love it. And my problem is only two things. One is, why is there so many Yankees? And then two, who's next? Right. Like, what, what's, what's the bar now? See, I think, I think Jeter actually said it really high. And so for somebody like me who likes a farewell tour, <laughs> who's going to be next? Because you can't – there's nobody right now who's better than Jeter. I mean maybe Mike Trout in a couple of years if he stays with the Angels. I mean maybe? obviously it wouldn't be a couple of years. It would be like 20 away. Well, yeah, 20 years. Sorry. Yeah, um, I know. I, say, I yeah. mean I guess – I think the argument – it's not someone that stayed with a team. But the argument could be made for Albert Pujols. Okay. I think that's a guy that – that's probably the only one I can think of right now that would really be in the conversation for getting one of those farewell tours. Um, Just because he's had such success on such a high level. And especially if at some point, if the angels make it to, or possibly win a world series while he's there, I would almost be willing to bet that he will end up getting a farewell tour whenever he leaves. I think it's a, I think it's going to be a big poppy. Yeah. But then, you know, we mentioned, you mentioned the, uh, whole thing with Jeter being unscathed by the whole steroid era thing. Big Poppy wasn't. And so that's, that'll be interesting to see how they would treat that. He, he did get a suspend or he got called out at least in one of those books, but, um, yeah, but rice and beans, man, do you remember that? Do you remember that? When he said, when he, when they asked him, like, do you do steroids? He said, no, rice and beans, man, rice and beans. Yeah. I don't know. Cause he, there's that intangible, I think, with these farewell tours, and that they're they're all these these nice guys. Something we talked about last week, and I would argue that Big Big Poppy is a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, he's shown he's, he, he's show, he showed emotion over the year, and he's been on the wrong side uh, of a couple of brawls, especially with the Yankees. But I think that's what makes it historic because of the because of that rivalry, right. and I think because of his personality. I mean, him coming out after the Boston Marathon, the yeah. way he did, and and again not getting in trouble for that because. He is who he is. He could he could say that. Yeah. He could get on national TV and drop great. an F bomb. Do you do you remember we were sitting at ragtime? Yeah. And that was, we like, that was that was like blasting over the speakers. I'm like, uh, did he just say this is our fucking city? Yeah. Which you kinda have to ask because whenever it's big poppy, it sounds like this is our fucking city. And you're like, what the fuck did that guy just say? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Um and and of course he was on both of those those Red Sox teams. That won the won the World Series after right. you know so many years, and he he stuck with them. Um, Wait, was, you know, he on, he was he on all three actually? All three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh four, oh seven, and last year. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he was on the 04 team. Yeah, I couldn't remember that one. That was only oh one yeah, one definitely. Show, yeah, yeah, he was definitely on that one. So. Yeah, I think he he he's probably you know next up, but he's like he's he's on again one of these guys with baseball. You can play forever, like he's ageless. Yeah. And I mean, he, he plays DH for all intents and purposes. So I, right, I mean, Jason Giambi's still in the league, so if he's still there, Big yeah. Poppy's got at least like 17, 18 years left. I don't know, yeah, because yeah. he's in way better shape than Giambi was even like eight years ago. 
Yeah, and this this might be a bigger discussion, but you, I don't mind the farewell tour for Poppy. I would have a I would have a bigger argument when it comes to uh, Hall of Fame when it comes to DH. Yeah, that's but fair. That's another conversation for another time. You know, and it's and it's, it'll be an ongoing debate forever until oh, until one, until the day that he either does or does not get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Uh, so yeah, you know a lot about baseball. Uh, the other cool thing that came out of baseball was uh, the Mariners fans going crazy, even though they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, last game of the uh, uh, you know, of the season, they, they all stayed there and and uh, cheered on and were going nuts like they just won the World Series, but they were eliminated from the playoffs. Well, in all fairness, this is about the biggest thing that's happened since they what was it? They <laughs> nearly set a major league record for wins in a season and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Back in about 2001, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was a pretty unique way to end a season. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's a fun team up there. Yeah, it is. You got to see them play, right? I did earlier this year, actually. Um, yeah. it was, it was a good atmosphere. Uh, it's very Seattle. I mean, people are just kind of like, they're enjoying the game, but they're just kind of partying mostly. So, Maybe maybe that's how everybody stayed. Maybe they offered to sell beer until the end of the game instead of just uh, the middle of the seventh inning. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got to clear all this beer out. Yeah. Uh, uh, and before we move on to the next topic, just while we're still on baseball and, uh, you know, staying in the beltway, uh, Jordan Zimmerman's no-hitter. Yeah, that was great. I mean, and so, well, first of all, I love the catch in the outfit. I mean, that yeah. talk about laying out. And that talk about a high-pressure situation, too, because – you're this left fielder. If I read things correctly, he basically just got called up from the minors yep. Yep. not long ago. And he gets put in in the top of the ninth of a no-hitter Yeah. in the last game of the year. And then with two outs, sees his screaming double towards the gap coming his direction. Yeah. And somehow has the wherewithal to catch it. And then you can see him bracing the ball in his glove as well like as he goes to the ground because he realizes – if he doesn't, he's going to possibly drop it. Yeah. And, you know, great, great way to end that. And the unique statistic that for two years in a row, there was a no-hitter in the final game of the season. And even more interesting is that the Marlins were involved both times, as was the starting pitcher for the Marlins. I believe his name's Henderson Alvarez. Yep, Henderson Alvarez, yep. Uh, Henderson Alvarez got the no-hitter last year. And this time pitched against the person getting the no hitter in 2014. Yeah, that's that's a crazy coincidence. I mean, first of all, it, I think ESPN was showing that a no hitter in the last game of the season, in game number 162, I think has only happened, including this year, a total of four, maybe five times in history. And so, a the fact that it's two years in a row, and b the fact that. One pitcher was involved in both games. That's insane, insane yeah. coincidence. Yeah. But uh, my, this begs the question, I, and I put this on on Twitter the other day: is uh, three three things. One, you know, is this is this a scary foreshadowing of the Nationals? Is this them getting hot? Two, or did George Zimmerman blow his load? Or three, did the, the Marlins just that bad that they just stopped caring? <laughs> they just, just didn't stopped. give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, nah, screw it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think ultimately, I think this is foreshadowing that the nationals are a good team. I mean, this is capping off. They had a great September. I mean, and baseball is all about getting hot at the right time. Yeah. And 
think well, the argument could be made that they are getting hot at the right time. Yeah, they had the best record in baseball since the All-Star break. And then they had the best record, oh, something since August 10th. They only had like 10 losses. Yeah. And that's playing with these backup guys. Zimmerman wasn't in the lineup. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, that is. Right. Um, and, you know, bring, we had the call-ups in September. You know, they already clinched pretty early, and they still managed to pull us off. So that's going to be kind of scary when you get when you get your bench guys, when you get your bench guys going. Yeah, and, and and giving them some confidence behind behind the plate. I will say though, if I'm if I'm the Nationals, I think the team that I do not want to face in the NLDS is the San Francisco Giants. And Why? It has, it has nothing to do with the team itself. the The Giants, the Giants and the Cardinals, both I feel this way about. They often just make the playoffs randomly, and then end up going far. They end up doing well. They've had mm-hmm. that in the last couple of years. I mean. I, whenever, whenever the Rangers played the Giants in the World Series back in 2011, or no, 2010, sorry, the Giants like barely made the playoffs that year and then beat the Rangers in five games. Yeah. They just blew through everyone. It was unbelievable. And it, I don't know. They're just one of those teams. That, I don't know what it, it's something about the way baseball works too, where it's not always, I'm not always that concerned about playing the team that's had the best season. There's just those teams. You're like, man, they exemplify. I'd rather be lucky than good. Yeah. Well, the giants have two world series in the past three years. And so they, they know what they're doing. You know, a lot of same guys on that team, same thing with the Cardinals. They've been in the playoffs perpetually. They've been in the world series two out of the last three years. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's scary. And, but you know, for the, the only my only disagreement with the Giants with the Nats playing them is uh, their their record. The uh, the Nats took it to the Giants this year. Yeah. On top of that, they shelled Tim Lincecum to the point I think uh, uh, but was it Boshi, Right, that's a Bruce general Bochy, man. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Bochi probably looked at the fact that they might have to play the Nationals and was like, yeah, Lincecum, you're going to the you know you're going to the pen. Yeah, he's well, just such what, a liability out there. That's what's interesting about the playoffs. I mean, this is where, you know, your rotations get a lot shorter. And so you end up catching a lot of the really good guys over and over and over again. And it makes all the difference. I mean, if you got three solid starters, you can, you can put the hurt on somebody. It's going to make it pretty impossible for them to come back. But, but I think, I think the nationals, I think they, 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 they're going to have the easiest path because they, you know, they get over. They can, they can beat the Pirates or the or the Giants, and then they have to play the Dodgers in a seven game series. You're only going to face Kershaw twice. Yeah, and, and you have to win four games. You can't just win two. So, uh, you know, there's a good there's a good shot there. And then, you know, whoever they play in the American League, you know, you know that's that's going to be that's going to be a, a coin toss, right? Because right. once you're in the World Series, that's it. Like it's anything can happen. Somebody's going to be a hero. It happens every year. There's some guy who steps up. And plays or you know plays their butt off. Oh so. yeah. But anyway, so you know that was a lot of baseball talk. But, yeah, uh, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> kind of kept rolling. Hope you enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So it, we well, hey, listen, we talked about a lot of teams on the West Coast, but staying on the West Coast uh, was interesting. We were going to talk about uh, Steve Ballmer and the Clippers, and you found you you have an interesting idea, right, Justin, when it comes to yeah, the big so, tech giants out there. I mean, Steve Ballmer coming out this week saying that he's basically banning Apple products for the for use by employees. 
and including players. Like he doesn't want players walking around with an iPad. He wants players to be using a Microsoft Surface, apparently. I, so, first of all, I think this is absolutely absurd. I get where he's coming from. I understand it. But, hey, man, this is basketball. This has nothing to do. Like, you're not at the Microsoft headquarters. This is a completely separate business. And I, before I move on to what I really think that Apple should do, <laughs> one thing that I asked some of my coworkers about the other day was, what does this mean for the player's use of Beats headphones? Because Beats is owned by Apple now. And yeah. you know, I mean, like, that's hands down the most popular headphone company. Like, whenever you're watching those, like, pregame things and they're showing the players walking in the tunnel, like, coming off the bus, they're all wearing Beats, all of them. Yeah. So are they not going to be allowed to wear Beats because they're technically an Apple product now? Like, is this, is this going to be a problem? I don't know. But, so I, I think that Apple has a very unique situation to really stick it to Steve Ballmer in a really hilarious way. So because the Clippers are in a situation where they share an arena, they don't really have the say over what goes on in that arena. Right. So if I were Apple, I would right now be calling Staples, being like, hey, you guys are an office supply company. I'm sure that you cannot be spending the money to make this to own this stadium. Like no one's using paper anymore, guys. Like <laughs> you're a dying business. Everybody's going to Amazon, man. No yeah. one's no one's using you guys. Yeah. This is, you, you're over. I'm sorry, but we have an offer for you. That arena needs to be called the Apple Center yesterday. <laughs> that would be incredible. And then if I were them, it would cost a lot of money at first, but for at least the first month of the season, I would have no other advertisers. I would every billboard space, every ad, every cup, everything would have the Apple logo on it. <laughs> the owner suite would hence be known as the Apple suite. It would be incredible. Oh, I'd be, it, I'd be in it. I mean, <laughs> Steve Ballmer I, would be like signing up to try to find a way to move the Clippers out of the Staples Center. He'd be so pissed <laughs> off. Built this build an entire new yeah uh, exactly entire new arena yeah good luck building that off of Windows Seven money yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just, I I think it's I think it's pretty funny uh what I what I think is hilarious too is uh you know this year the NFL went exclusively to using the Microsoft Surface as the uh, in game playbook so yeah. if you guys have noticed uh during games when they show guys on the sidelines they're all holding these sky blue like weird pad and those are Microsoft surfaces that they're holding. So these guys, they're sitting on the sideline huddle around these surfaces, trying to look at plays on these like high tech machines. And they're complaining for a couple reasons. One, you know, we got these huge linebackers trying to crowd around these tiny little devices so they can't get in there. Or there's the other problem where if they bring in more than one, they're, they're, they're like, you know, they're not, they're not in the, the, the like tech mode to like coordinate pictures. Two, the, the big problem is that the batteries are running low. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't they can't charge them fast enough. Oh so my even, god! Even, even when they plug them in, you know they they're they're not gonna they're not gonna load up. And, I, and I'm thinking, you know, there's there, and there's gotta be problems with sending signals. Like you know they have like ten over there, and two of them are like, don't use those two unless you have to. Oh and then yeah. There's like. Then there's like three that are kind of okay, and then the four like 
you know, if you're on a team like like the Broncos, there's like Peyton Manning has one that no one else can touch because God forbid his goes out. <laughs> right. You know? So, uh, and it, I just think it's funny. Like, you know what? Good try. You know, good try. NFL, Microsoft, going going. You know, tech heavy. But uh, you know, I I think just stick to the classic and get those quick printout playbooks and look at the plays that way because it's, it's it's just a recipe for failure. And then you know what's going to happen. You're going to get some hardcore fan out there. Especially like probably like from like Seattle or San Francisco who works for some big tech company. You're gonna hack in and (laughs) not gonna be able to read anything. So yeah. You know what'd be funny too is if uh, if Steve Ballmer instead is like decides he's gonna make the coaching staff at the Clippers switch from like clipboards to those surfaces and so they like they're in the huddle like trying to draw a play, you know, like ten seconds left. Big game, gotta hit that three. And then the thing fucking freezes on him. Yeah. And you just see Doc Rivers, like, get up and just start smashing it on the scorer's table. Just so mad. On, I hope on, that that happens. On an Apple advertisement. Don't forget that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on an Apple advertisement. I would pay so much money to see that. That would be hysterical. <laughs> and then Apple starts releasing, like, a fake ad about... Microsoft Surface calling it the I broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Free advertisement. Yeah. I mean, that, that, because you know that YouTube video would go viral in oh a my second. God. Be- <laughs> everyone would be talking about it. Everybody, everybody. <laughs> uh, but, you know, on the same, you know, talk about slamming things. Uh, you know, we, we, we saw some, some great hits this weekend from Derek Jeter. You know, he hit a, uh, a walk off hit. For uh, at his last home game in Yankee Stadium, and then he, his last hit was an RBI single at uh, Fenway, and of course we had football that had a lot of incredible hits. But I think the best hit of the weekend was in college football, and it wasn't even by a college football player. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it was the craziest thing because Ohio State they thought they were hosting a football game in Columbus, but apparently it was actually WWE that had come into town. <laughs> Because their strengths and conditioning go- coach took a guy straight down. I mean, a hit that would make anyone proud. I mean, I, that guy's instantly got a job as a wrestler from any organization, I assure you. Oh, you! I bet you McMahon was on the phone with Ohio State a oh, minute yeah. later trying to get that guy to come to Monday Night Raw. I mean, that was perfect form. It was, that, it was incredible. Did you, see the, did you see the video, the yeah. YouTube video of it? It's awesome. He, he like stops the, the kid. Shit out he of like his kids. He, it cuts. It cuts in right as he grabs the kid. But you can tell that the kid had been running around. His momentum is completely stopped by this guy. And oh, all of yeah. a sudden, he's on his feet. And the next minute, he's on his back. Yeah, physics did not work in that kid's favor because all of his energy got reversed straight to the ground. It was rough. Yeah. Which I mean, honestly, that's maybe the best hit that Ohio State's had all year. <laughs> probably. I mean, their defense has been horrific. They gave up 40 to Virginia Tech, who then in turn lost to East Carolina and Georgia Tech, two football powerhouses, obviously. By, yeah. a trans- by transitive property, East Carolina beat Ohio State. How about that? Yeah. By transitive property, so did Georgia Tech. They both beat a top 10 team in the nation away. That's oh, just <laughs> miserable. That shows you. That early season rankings completely skewed. Don't matter. They mean nothing, and then they screw everything up. 
Um, but uh, lots of interesting news around around the 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 league or around college football. Uh, some coaches gone, some coaches still here. Uh, yeah. Big big one, and I mean that yeah. <laughs> figuratively and literally. <laughs> uh, Charlie Weiss fired from Kansas. Yeah. He, However. Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's oh, okay. No, I said, but however, uh, Brady Hoke and uh, Will Munchamp still have jobs. Yeah, the I honestly of all the ones that surprised me of, of those two that surprised me, uh, Will Muschamp or not Will Muschamp. Sorry, uh, Brady Hoke. Yeah, I thought he was as good as gone after that game. I thought. Yeah. I mean, Will Muschamp. Florida actually played Alabama pretty well for about two and a half quarters a couple weeks ago. So they're showing some signs of life. Michigan just looks terrible. I mean, yeah. just completely out of sorts. Yeah. They can't get anything going. Brady Hoke's coming out saying that they can still win the Big Ten championship, which even at the end of September at this point is almost mathematically impossible. I mean, like, yes, in theory, if somehow every other team starts losing, you could. But no. I mean, when you're losing to Minnesota, nobody loses to Minnesota. That's just not a thing that happens in the Big Ten. Right. So you cannot come out. I mean, I'm 99% positive that game was in Ann Arbor, too. Um, you, you cannot be losing at home to Minnesota, of all teams. Yeah. It's just not I'm, – I'm shocked that he still has a job. Well, I have uh, – um... It went back to Charlie though, I, I have a soft spot for Charlie. You know, he came he came out of the that uh, that early Patriots dynasty when they won those that those those three Super Bowls in the early two thousands as the uh, offensive coordinator. Him and Romeo Cremel were looked at these like football savants. You know, right. they couldn't they couldn't do any wrong. So Charlie flips that into the head coaching job at Notre Dame. Romeo goes to Cleveland. Uh, you know, at the time, that's when I'm still you know pretty pretty well you know. Well, in, in big time into Notre Dame, you know, still am to a certain extent, but I was much bigger back then. You know, he's a guy who recruits uh, uh, Brady Quinn, who was a good, you know, good, despite what he is now, good college quarterback at the time. Um, you know, he has he has this great demeanor about him. He was a Notre Dame grad. He roommates with Joe Montana at Notre Dame. You know, it's great, great story for, for, for domers out there. But in t- typical domer fashion, which drives me nuts, is that they didn't give him a shot. They didn't give him a recruiting class. Left, kept him there for three years. Didn't get that national championship. Gone. Right. You know, that's the third guy in the row that they did that to. So they became kind of like this, like <laughs> this poor, like wandering soul. He went back and what? He was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs yeah. for a little bit. And, and he, then, uh, I'm trying to remember what time period. I, he was at Florida for a minute, too. Yeah. I think he spent a year at Florida as an offensive yes. coordinator before he went to the Chiefs, actually. Yeah, for the Chiefs, and then and then and um, then he went to KU. Went to KU, and you know, I thought Kansas was nice. I was like, you know, they're kind of the ugly step, you know, stepchild of the Big Twelve. You know, they I compare Kansas and football, and this in football, I pair, I compare Kansas to Vanderbilt and the SEC. Like, yeah. you know what? Sorry, <laughs> you're just well, you're gonna you're yeah, gonna get beat up. You're gonna get beat up. Uh, you know, Charlie's a great coach, but when you can get recruited by you know who, who'd you rather get recruited by Kansas by Charlie Weiss or by anybody in Texas, yeah, in by anyone ever, yeah, and, and that's yeah. there's there's a lot of problems for him too because, you know, obviously Kansas is not a big state, so you're not getting a lot of your recruits from that home state, right? Exactly. Yep. And mm-hmm. if you if there is a kid that is from Kansas and wants to stay in Kansas, 
He's likely going to go to Kansas State because Bill Snyder is just a legend of a coach. Yeah. And then also kids from Kansas could are very likely to end up going to somewhere like Nebraska as well. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of reason to go to Kansas to play football. Uh, obviously, they care so, so, so much more about basketball there. Yeah, Football exactly. is just an afterthought. Um, I've actually been to that stadium as well, and it is, it is honestly the worst college football stadium that I've ever seen. Really? It is terrible. It's the only college football stadium I've ever seen that has the track around it still. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, I mean, just completely awful. The, yeah. one of the, actually, one of the funniest things at that stadium. So you know how on the sideline at a game they have the little cart where there's a cameraman that's just like uh, that kind of goes back and forth and the cart moves with it. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't. I guess they didn't have money for that cart. So they had a camera stand in the bed of a Dodge Ram, and this guy is just like driving up and down the sideline, like going forward, going in reverse, going forward, <laughs> going in reverse. They have to, like, signal this dude when to drive. Oh, my God. It was the most white trash thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. But, yeah, but I yeah. Just, I, I, the Kansas football program is pretty unsuspecting. I don't understand why he just let Charlie finish out his contract there. I mean, what do you, what do you think is really going to happen, you know, as, yeah. a Kansas, as a Kansas, you know, I mean, athletic they, director? What, like who, they've just they, gone through so many coaches. They had Mike Mangino back when I was in college which shows that they just love fat coaches so much. <laughs> but then they went they went completely opposite. They got Turner Gill for, I believe he had two years in Kansas, whenever he was hot shit coming out of Buffalo, of all places. Um, but, yeah, he just did not – that, that program is just impossible to turn around at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's one thing we talked about, actually, is uh, – so Charlie Weiss next year is going to get paid $2.1 million from Kansas to not coach that team. And at this point, he's actually still getting money from Notre Dame yep. because they deferred some of his payments. So he will likely be getting $2.5 million from Notre Dame next year, which means that at $4.6 million in the year 2015, Charlie Weiss will be a top 10 highest paid coach in college football to not coach a team. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's time to retire when teams are paying you $5 million not to coach them. Yeah. That's that's when you know it's time to just hang it up, man. You know, go hang out with George W. Bush for a little bit. Maybe take some painting classes from him. <laughs> <laughs> just just hang out for a while. It's over. Yeah. It's a good run. Yeah. And, so, and you know, meanwhile, Brady Hoke is such a high visible job, still has, still has a head coaching job. And if I'm Michigan... And I'm looking at the fact that Kansas fires Charlie Weiss yeah. and Michigan doesn't fire Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke drives me nuts too, man. I, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not a Michigan fan by any means. I don't hate him. I just don't like him. Uh, I had a great time when I went to see Ohio State play there one year. It was one of the best best moments of my life uh, in terms of sports. However, watching him on the sidelines with no headset on, <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do, you yeah. do that? It's how like, do you do uh, that? hey, man, use technology. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I know, I know. Some head coaches give their coordinators uh, duties, but that just shows to me. If I'm looking at that as a as a non-Michigan fan, I'm like, oh, he doesn't care. Yeah, like, he's just not. He's not enough tuned into it to get, you know, to really care. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly the best way to put it. Yeah, it, it just yeah, it's his days are definitely numbered. They're playing Rutgers this weekend. I bet they lose, and that's going to be the end of it. I mean, you cannot be Michigan and lose to Rutgers. That's just not. Right. That's not right. a thing that can happen. Right. Um, but yeah, we it's, look, 
it's going to be interesting. Yeah, well, we were looking at some of the lines before the uh, the show started, and we were, uh, yeah. for for the college games. And which ones? What what lines do you think are most interesting? You said you saw some some flips, right? Yeah, there were there were so there's two flips from the open that uh, are now have gone the opposite direction. Obviously, uh, so Michigan Rutgers was one of them. So Michigan opened as a one and a half point favorite on the road against Rutgers. And that flipped to about a three-point favorite for Rutgers, which a four-and-a-half-point switch, especially going opposite directions, that's pretty insane. Um, and it, the crazy thing to me is that – so Vegas obviously is incredibly good at coming up with lines. I mean, they, they do this very well. There's so many games that you watch, and the score honestly ends up pretty close to exactly what the line is. So the fact that somebody in Vegas thought – that Michigan should be the favorite in this game, that's that's crazy to me. Like, there's nothing about the way that they've played that would tell me that they can win this game on the road. That's right. just, that does not make sense. Um, now, one of the games that switched that I thought, I think is really interesting, and it, it honestly might be the game of the week this week, is uh, Texas A&M-Mississippi State. And... Texas A&M opened as a point-and-a-half favorite over Mississippi State, and the game is in Starkville. And, I I mean, Mississippi State's on fire right now. I think that they could easily knock off A&M this week. Yeah. I mean, they beat a very good LSU team under the lights in Baton Rouge last week. That's not something that's easy to do. LSU yeah. gets about one good night game a year, and it's, it's notorious that it statistically favors LSU. And for Mississippi State, a team that's not known for having any kind of a football prowess to come in there and knock them out and beat them pretty good, too. Beat them by at least two touchdowns, I believe. I, that was That's pretty shocking. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be actually – this is going to be one of the first good weekends in college football. You know, the, the beginning of the season, September, just sucks. Like, you get a couple good games, but it's tough to get – you know, those really good ones. Because for every good game, you've got, like, Alabama versus Troy State. You know, like, these games that are going to be 70 to nothing and no one cares about. But looking at this week, I mean, there's Alabama-Mississippi. That's another great game. Yeah. Florida-Tennessee, I mean, that's, you know. That's a classic. I it mean, is, that's It's this, a classic matchup. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma-TCU, I think that's, a, that's an interesting game to watch because TCU, no one really knows how good they are. I mean, they – if if anyone actually thinks that Michigan's worth a crap and just lost to Minnesota, TCU beat Minnesota by about 40. So, I mean, that's a good team. LSU-Auburn's also this weekend. Uh, Arizona State-USC. Stanford-Notre Dame, that's a game you'd yep. obviously be into. That's a great game. Uh, yeah. LSU-Auburn, that's Baylor, huge. Baylor-Texas. Baylor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a classic matchup. I mean, in theory, we're – so that's a game that actually that moved quite a bit. We opened as I believe a twelve and a half point favorite, and we moved to sixteen and a half almost immediately. So it's uh, pretty heavily favored towards us. Yeah, and then uh, um, you've also yeah. got NC State, Clemson, uh, two teams that in the last two weeks almost knocked off Florida State. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna come back to that. But yeah, I also like uh, you got Nebraska and Michigan State. I don't know if you said that. No, I didn't. And, but that's and, a good one too. And, and you know what's a little um, kind of like the the I would say like the C level schools that looks kind of good is UNLV San Jose State. 
Those, yeah. they're always they're always like those little fun teams that to, to watch in the bowl games come bowl season that have you know one or two really good standout players on it that that do something special. So that that could be a really fun game. And there's also a Navy Air Force. That's a that's a pretty good pretty good service academy matchup. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I'll, I'll go with your slide of football. But I I have to say I think there was some good football last week. What I was kind of disappointed by was last week actually had a really good Thursday night game with uh, UCLA. Uh, Arizona State. It did, yeah. That was a great game as well. Yeah, yeah. So you had two ranked teams going going out on Thursday night, and then, like you said, that oh, the two almost upsets. You know, if there's one thing I love, you know, or there's not one thing I love more than upsets in college football. Oh, like if yeah. I don't have any, if I don't have any buy into the team, I'm rooting for that lower seed. You know, and when when NC State, I, did you watch any of that game? Yeah, watch. I actually watched about the first two and a half quarters, and then. I went to a bar, and of course, they were only showing the Texas-Kansas game, which honestly, who gives a shit? Yeah. So, I mean, that was that was not exactly a beautiful game. But you could see you could see the the things starting to unravel for uh, NC State a little bit. But the quarterback looked really good. He did, yeah. He had Brent some State. great plays. Yeah, he, he kept plays alive really well. Yeah, had good focus down the field. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that they, I really thought they were going to pull it out, and then. That's the problem, though, with, the, with teams like Florida State. They're just so good, so athletic, so talented. You can only hold them down for so long, you know, before yeah. it just starts unraveling, and that's kind of the way it happened. Yeah. Um, same thing, you know, that Arkansas A&M game. A&M, yeah. And here's one thing I think is interesting, like the overarching story of that, is Arkansas has been a team that ever since Bobby Petrino got in that motorcycle accident with that <laughs> chick on the back, <laughs> that team's just been spiraling, you know. Yeah. Like, they just have not been able to turn it around. And when he was there, they were they were hitting some pretty good seasons. They were getting some solid like ten and three years in, you know. And then just they fell to the bottom of the SEC so fast. Yeah. And so the interesting thing was going to be seeing if Brett Bielema could come in and turn him around. And I'll be honest, I think he is. Uh, you know, his recruits are starting to really show up now. Like, I think this is his third year at Arkansas I believe and it's I don't know I think he I think he's doing it I mean they they went in and beat Texas Tech who I think is a pretty good team they got their game plan and they know what they're doing and they're good at it I mean they will run the ball down your throat for four quarters and I mean it's it's a I don't know I I think they're I think they're a team to watch in the next couple years yeah they may not necessarily do it right now, but eventually they're going to do it. I think so. Yeah, that that, that was that game. I, I I could see I could see NC State, you know, not be able to hold an FSU, but I thought Arkansas had A and M. And when I saw they lost in overtime, I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't pick up the game anywhere. I was just following on uh, on ESPN.com, but I I, I was I was really bummed. I really want A and M lose. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean obviously I did too. That's. A, <laughs> Because you would have that for as a Baylor fan, you would have, you would have one of those fun situations where Baylor could have moved up on a bye week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that was yeah. two weekends in a row because we had yeah the week before Auburn almost lost, um, Florida State almost lost that week against Clemson, and then um, Oregon almost lost to Washington State. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, so, Baylor wasn't on a bye. I take that back. They played Ohio, Iowa State. I, yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking the week before. I'm sorry. Which, by but, the way, for those of you that were following my. Sometimes probably incoherent <laughs> tweets because well, I was drinking, so no apologies <laughs> there. Uh, there was one tweet that I posted 
and said, I really need a salsa nacho TD right now. For those of you that aren't Baylor fans, you probably don't know what that means. Uh, there's a player running back at Baylor. His name is Silas Nasita. He's awesome. He's, he's had a great beginning of the year so far. He's definitely a fan favorite. And uh, his nickname is Salsa Nacho. So, for some reason, I guess he found our tweet and favorited it. Which, that was a big day for me as a Baylor fan. I, I had to explain it to Craig. But it was a big day for me, at least. Ah, so, hey, you know. You know get, occasionally, he, we get these celebrity favorites. You know what happens? He, he's he's uh, out there in Waco right now going, hey, you know, these guys are talking about me on yeah. uh, on Twitter. And, oh, look, they have a whole sports feed. So, hey. And you Baylor guys, I hope you know. I hope yeah. you're listening. Sick them, Bears. Come yeah, on, man. Silas, spread the word, man. <laughs> Let the team know. But uh, so yeah, we're we're coming close to the end here. But uh, you know, there's there's one, there's two big things we have to talk about, both surrounding uh, uh, pro football. Yes. And uh, I'm gonna kick it off with uh, who's dumber because I don't know if you got to watch that Niners Eagles game, but who's dumber, Colin Kaepernick or Chris uh, Chip Kelly? It's pretty close. I mean, yeah. That that was a tough ending to that game, that's for sure. Um, I was on the right end of it because in fantasy I had Eagles defense and I was up against Nick Foles and LaShawn McCoy. So great outcome for me personally. Yeah. But for Eagles fans, I understand maybe not as ideal. Um, well, they, they, they didn't look – I mean, the offense looked terrible. For, for what's supposed to be such a high-powered, fast, you know, potent offense, they looked – they sputtered the entire game. Oh yeah, Nick, Nick Foles. I think there's got to be something wrong with them, and it, it, it's either he's the yips or he has, or from, he's shaken uh, up. Yeah, last yeah. week. I mean, he got some tough hits last week, even beyond the one that we talked about. You know, that you were less than pleased about. But I'm not allowed to revisit that legally. Yeah, by yeah. <laughs> <laughs> law required. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he didn't look quite right. Um, I don't know exactly what was going on, but. But listen, here's here's what happened. Chip Kelly, I think it's a third third or fourth quarter. Niners put a little bit of a drive. They 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 stop they stop the Niners on fourth down. But there's a there's a penalty on the Niners for like uh you know uh, hands to the face or offensive hands to the face or something. So either you give them fourth down with like a about a 43, 45 yard field goal, which um. What's his name's going to hit? I forget. Uh, Dawson, Phil Dawson. Yeah. You know he's going to hit that. He's pretty legit kicker. Oh, for sure. Or, or, or you take the penalty and move him back for third down. Try to stop him again. And I, I'm, I'm screaming. I'm like, take, just take, take fourth down. Let him kick the field goal and go from there because you're just risking a, a touchdown the way they've been driving on on the defense in this quarter. But once you know it, he freaking takes the penalty. Niners call the best play you can call a legit run play for Kaepernick. You know, like. Yeah, he can run, but you're not looking for that there. You're looking right. for a, a you know a pass to the tight end or or you know a play downfield, and they just they just let him take off, and he's fast. Gets the first down, and then they go on and score. I was like, come on, like what are you thinking there, Chip? And then last drive of the game, first so well, this, this plays into what Colin Kaepernick being done, which I'll come back to. So they, they they you know bad clock management by the Niners. Eagles stick them down by the, their own end zone, by the Niners' end zone. Niners kick to the Eagles, lands on the eight-yard line. Not looking great. Not looking right. great the way the offense is playing. Suddenly, and it, they had, and it was a minute 34 left on the clock. They drive 92 yards in a minute and a half. 92 yards. Or not, I'm sorry, like 90 yards. They have two yards to go. So they have four downs of, you know, on goal. You know, like, so first to goal, second goal, whatever. 
they run. They don't give it to Shady. Not yeah. once. And then, they, they, so they get the fourth down. They call a rollout play, which cuts the field in half, and takes all the all you know takes everybody with you. So you, you're shortening the field, and they throw it to like the third string tight end. It might have been Selleck. I, I I said that I said that to you before. It was the third string tight end. It might have been Selleck. But and then Nick Nick Foles just overthrows it. It's like he's throwing it away. It's like, dude, take the interception or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, anything. Get, Get, try to get it to a guy. Yeah, you got to do something there. Yeah, it was it was crazy to watch. I mean, you, it looked like Andy Reid football all over again. You know, you got great running game and you're just passing, passing, passing. Yeah. You got to you got to go to the run. I mean, I assure you, as a Cowboys fan, I've been watching the hard way of that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think over the last two years they've given the statistic that Scott Linehan, the guy that calls the plays for the Cowboys has called more pass plays than any other team in the NFL in the last two years. Jeez. Like by far, it's not even close. It's like significantly higher. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, obviously there's a plethora of reasons that the Cowboys have been awful the last couple of years, but that's one of them. I mean, you have to have a running game. Like even if, your running back doesn't consistently get that many yards, even if he's getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage, what that does is it keeps an extra guy in the box, and you have to yep. have that. Otherwise, your receivers are pretty much double-covered everywhere because they know you're not going to run. So yeah. why would they worry about that? Yeah. And, you know, that's the problem you have. you gotta, you got to run just to keep people honest. I mean, that's just the way it is. But, you know, if, I, if I'm a Niners fan, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Kaepernick is the guy going forward. No. He, he, can't, he can't manage the game. He lost track of the play clock. I don't know how many times. Yeah, he did they, not look good with that. It, it, at were, home. Yeah. At home. They were at home. They're at you know, Levi Stadium. Well, and I will I will give them that. I mean, that is only their second game in that stadium. And that can kind of – I don't know what the play clock setup is, but there are some stadiums where the play clock's in a really weird spot. So I don't know where it is there. but I, um, I, don't, I don't buy it because he, he didn't have any problems in the first game with it. Yeah. So. I think he just—I don't know what—I don't know what—I don't know—I don't know how you do that as a quarterback. You, and by and by the time he's making them, I get it like maybe in the first you know quarter, you get you, get, you know you got a little bit of the jitters. But he did this in the third quarter. Yeah. You, you, by that time, you've been up and down the field both ways. You got yeah, to know what should, the play clock know. is. Yeah, he should then, know by this point. Yeah, yeah and, it, it was. Uh, I don't know. He, yeah, he didn't play well. Not ideal. It. I don't know what to think about him. He's either going to flame out in two years or he's going to figure it out in two years. That's I think that's those are the only two outcomes. Like he's not. I honestly don't even think in two years he's going to be a middle of the road quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's going to be either amazing or awful. It's going to be one of the two. Yeah. And and at I'll this say, point, he's kind of he's kind of progressing towards awful. Yeah, and he did he didn't look good. But I'll tell you what, uh, Anquan Bolden and Stevie Johnson made him look amazing. Yeah, did you see? Did you see those catches? Did you see the one oh, Stevie yeah. Johnson Stevie made? Stevie Johnson's was incredible. He got Which, he got his feet down in like the two square inches yeah. in the end zone that he could get them down in. Stevie Johnson has continually been one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. That's mostly because he didn't have anybody to throw it to him. But yeah. um, I mean, obviously now you got the Buffalo Bills already giving up on EJ Manuel apparently. Or at least trying to teach him a lot. I don't know what their point is here, but going in with the with the vet Kyle Orton, that classy motherfucker. I mean, he, <laughs> that guy. I I don't know. I mean, he just bounced around everywhere. He's good for about three games. That's what's gonna happen. Like, 
They'll probably win three of their next four. Bills fans will be like, all right, Kyle Orton, this is the future, and then he's going to lose the next six. I mean, that's yeah. just that's the Kyle Orton way. Is he, I, um, is he like pretty immobile? I feel, I, I, it's yeah, been a while. I, I mean, feel like he's, he, he can get around okay, but he's just kind of like – I don't know. I'm assuming he's dumb because you just look at him. He looks like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's I it's guess. bad. He is like a 70s haircut. It's incredible. You, you realize he's the highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL of $5 million this year? Oh, yeah. Well, he was the highest paid last year with the Cowboys as well. Oh, was he really? I didn't yeah. know that. Well, yeah, I could, that doesn't surprise me. It's, it's Jerry. He'll throw money at anybody. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. And everybody knew that Romo would probably get hurt at some point, so it just made sense. <laughs> the big, the other big highlight from this weekend, I gotta say, is uh, Steve Smith from uh, yeah from Baltimore taking it blood to and the guts Panthers. everywhere. Yeah. I, you know, I like, I love it. I don't love a guy who talks a lot of smack like he does, but when they back it up, I think that's pretty cool. And I, especially, I will especially, say, especially, especially doing against the Panthers. Yeah, as much as I mean, let's be honest here. Steve Smith is a dickhead. Like, we yeah. just know, and he definitely <laughs> yeah. is. Like, I would never want to meet that guy because I think he's a, just a shitty person. But as a football player, I do like him because he's like, he's undersized. He has every reason to not be that good of a player. But honestly, week in and week out, if I'm a quarterback, I'm throwing to him. If the game's yeah. on the line, I'm throwing to Steve Smith because you know what? He is going to find a way to come down with the ball. I yeah. don't know how he does it, but he's scrappy as hell, and he just gets the job done. I, there's yeah. no two ways about it. I mean, if the Cowboys had had a need at wide receiver this year, I would have loved for Jerry to pick him up. Yeah. I mean, he just he knows what he's doing. And, I mean, there's no reason to think that that guy, beyond even this year, two or three years from now, might still be a decent player. You know, like, he's just got – this extra factor about him that he just gets the job done and it's incredible to watch. Yeah. Well, uh, what games are you looking at this weekend? Um, I, you know, I, not to Homer here. I, I think this is ultimately a legitimately good game. Uh, I think Cowboys Texans, it's a, it's a unique matchup, obviously the two Texas teams. So there's, there's a bit of a rivalry there. Yep. And then it's two teams that I think they're playing well, but nobody really knows if that's like, a thing if they're actually good or not and i think it's going to be a good test for both teams um i think it's going to be interesting to see uh one game i'm liking is Bengals patriots we talked about that a little bit i think watching the patriots last night that was not what i expected (laughs) let's put it that way i mean i i just don't i don't know you know a lot of people are starting to question whether tom brady still got it I don't know if I'm quite going that far yet, but I, I will say if two more games like last night happen, I might be saying that. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's a good quarterback, but the guy's, what is he, 36, I think? I think. I mean, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. And yeah. So I do not think that they have great wide receivers, which is part of the problem. I don't think he has the same weapons he's always had. I think that's some of it, but... You know, I don't know. They're they're a very tricky team to me right now because yeah. it, it is the Patriots. They could catch fire at any point and then just like win the rest of the games for the year and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but exactly. I just don't know if they're that team anymore. I, it's it's going to be they're going to be a team to watch this year just to see kind of what happens. Yeah, well, um, I mean that's a, that's going to be a tough matchup for them because I think the Bengals are are really good this year. I think they are so, too. So so you know, it, Patriots have a little bit of advantage playing at home. 
but you know the Bengals are coming off a bye. I think I think you know this not, this could be an early nail in the coffin. You yeah. know not you know I'm not saying the season's over for the Patriots, but if they don't pull this out and they get embarrassed again in prime time, it's it's. It's not going to be pretty. Not yeah, going to be pretty. It's, it's not going to be looking good for them. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, well, what I, games are you looking forward to? I, I like. I don't like a lot of the early games on Sunday, except for I'm with the Texans Cowboys. But I, I like some of the late games on Sunday. The four o'clock cards at uh, Cardinals at Broncos uh, is looking good. Yeah, you, that's oh man. What's well, What's interesting is you have both teams coming off a bye. The Cardinals have been pretty have a pretty stingy defense. And uh, you know the Broncos are the Broncos, so uh, you know that, that's going to be that's going to be a great matchup. And then uh, uh, four twenty five game is uh, Chiefs at Niners, so you got Alex Smith going back to the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, so there's that storyline. But again, two teams that are trying to you know the Chiefs I think made a statement against the Patriots. Niners not so much against the Eagles, but they're you know they still got a little bit of a foothold in building on you know building a good season with the Niners. So. Uh, you know, both teams are going to be trying to prove something. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Yeah, I think I think it's a, overall going to be a pretty good, pretty solid weekend for NFL. Um, pretty solid weekend college football as well. I you know, I don't, I don't know what uh what what game is the Thursday night game this week? Oh, the Thursday night game is actually pretty decent. It's uh, Vikings at Packers. Oh I mean, yeah, that's, that's another that's another one we talked about too. That I yeah. the Viking. I mean, I, who would have guessed the Vikings would come out and beat the Falcons? I mean. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater's first start, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's going to end up starting this Thursday because he got that ankle injury. I just – short week, I highly doubt that's going to happen. But, you know, just kind of coming out of nowhere amidst – out of this Adrian Peterson issue and then somehow getting something out of nothing. But yeah. uh, I don't but, know. Uh, yeah, great weekend in sports coming up, I think. So uh, you know, while while we're while we're at it with uh, pro football, we gotta talk a little fantasy football. We, we gotta and, talk a little fantasy. And we know what the number one thing is for this week. My dad crushed Josh. Josh Levine got destroyed. <laughs> I mean, it's I and I feel and I also I feel kind of bad for Josh because again, it's one of those situations that he played a lot of other people in our league. He would have won. Yeah, I mean, he had Jamal. Charles on his team who had that who had three touchdowns last night. Yeah, you know. So I think I think he plays a lot of other people. My dad for my dad. I, I told you, I, I said it before. His team looked good on paper, and this week they played like the way they were supposed they, to play. They played like paper. They they got it done. <laughs> but uh, I'm what I'm I'm actually getting a little scared about Rennie's team. Four and zero, and he's and he's getting solid points put in. And he, he yeah. I think he put up like one fifty eight this week. Yeah, I didn't. I did not have a great week this week. Barely lost, but I think my team's looking all right. I just, I don't know. Things yeah. didn't quite come together this week like they needed to. I had a couple of receivers that just didn't get the ball much. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I had a, I had a fortunate, happen. I had a fortunate week because I, I, I think if you guys listened last week, I, I have, I have uh, Foles and Macklin on my team. So Macklin did, did well because we do PPR. So he did okay. But Foles just, you know, obviously wasn't great. Shut the bed. Yeah, who really saved me was was who we just talked about, Steve Smith, and then I, I have uh, Martellus Bennett. Oh yeah, I have him as, yeah. in one league as well, and oh yeah. man, that destroyed. Yeah. yeah, and I lucked, and I'm saying I got lucky because both uh, uh, both of my big running backs were out. I had Marshawn Lynch and Andre Ellington, so I had to start Steve. Oh, yeah. ja- I had to start Steve Jackson and uh, Reggie Bush. Oh jeez, they, they got me a handful I mean, of points. If this was 2008. Nothing, that would have been great. Yeah, nothing, nothing <laughs> impressive. But luckily, I, p- I played against Chris in our league, who has uh, Manning. 
So okay, they're on a yeah. buy too. So I was like, Phew. and he started Kirk Cousins. Oh, he started Kirk Cousins. That's like negative points. I know, I know. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty excited. I was like, oh, you know, coming out of Thursday, he had Kirk Cousins and he had um, somebody else from uh, the Giants. Oh, uh, 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 Ruben Randall. Oh, yeah. And he didn't do yeah. anything either, did he? Yeah, oh, he had a couple of points. He almost had a touchdown that got taken away, thank God. <laughs> um, so he, had, he came out of Thursday with only 25 points. In our, in our league, and one of them you know, with the quarterback going, I was like, oh, I got this. And then when Foles, or, uh, yeah, Foles started to shit the bed on Sunday, I was like, oh, crap. Oh, here L- it comes. L- yeah, oh, luck- God. Luck- luckily the rest of his team under underperformed, and I, I got I got some great value out of Bennett and Smith. So, you know, I, I, I stuck out with a win that I hope is pretty valuable come the end of the season. Yeah. I have to throw out a uh, quick humble brag, too. Uh, I'm in another league this year. And it also does a side pot for highest scores. And at the end of week four, I've now won three out of the first four weeks. And this week I won and had the bye weeks of Peyton Manning and A.J. Green. Wow. And I still got the highest score in the league. (laughs) So I think I might win a few of the pots this year. There you go. I've already more than made my money back, so... Just yeah, it's free as, money, man. I'm doing that. Yeah. I hate Manziel, but I'm doing the Johnny Manziel moneymaker right now. <laughs> Just getting that as money, as making that as paper. As long as you're making some money back, it's oh, it's yeah. always. I think it's a win. It's a win. Oh yeah. So. Well, Justin, I think that's gonna do it for this week. You have any uh, any closing thoughts? I don't have any closing thoughts, but for those of you love football, three thirty Eastern ABC, turn on my Baylor Bears. You might see my, you might see me and my friends dressed in green, trying to fight a bunch of kids in burnt orange. Who knows? <laughs> well, I'll definitely uh, be tuning in, and, and I'm really looking forward to this to this weekend of football. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. yeah, and just and just so you guys remember, you can check us out on Twitter uh, at ML Absurdity. Uh, Justin and I we're going to try to keep doing these on Tuesday nights. Uh, Justin's going to figure out the posting schedule. Um, we got up kind of quick quickly last week when we recorded on what Thursday night, right? Yeah. So. So we might have it up tomorrow, but we'll definitely try to get up before the end of the week. Oh, for sure. And, and uh, again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we'll try to be a little bit more active on the on, on the on the tweets, the tweets on, this on week on the twatter, on the twatter. But uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's it. Uh, don't forget when you're feeling hungry, go get that Taco Bell breakfast. That disco sucks I ended up with nobody And I started feeling dumb Maybe I should play the lead guitar And Pat should play the drums Take me back, back to the shack Back to the strap with the lightning strap Kicking the door, more hardcore Rocking out like it's 94 Let's turn up the radio Turn off those stupid singing shows I can find out who I am I'm letting all of these feelings out Even if it means I fail Cause this is what I was meant to do And you can't
can't put that on sale Take me back, back to the shack Back to the start when the lightning strap Kicking the door, more hardcore Rocking out like it's 90